0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 585 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad you didn't sing the intro like I did last week. Uh, but no. Yeah, I'm doing good.
0: I was singing while uh, we were in between recording sessions. I was singing uh, with my baby tonight. So
1: <laughs> Okay. It's
0: the only good country song there is.
1: All right, I'll take your word for it. I'm not even gonna yeah. ask questions. I've learned. I've That's learned. right. That's right.
0: Because typically, it's if I'm being vague around you, Todd, I'll let you know. Or it's about wrestling. One or the other.
1: Right. You know how you do that bit where you say,
0: if, "I don't if do any bits
1: on podcasts. Right. If you do a joke, ring a bell, so I'll know. Yes. I wish you'd have like an air horn whenever you do a <laughs> wrestling joke, <laughs> so I could just whip off my headphones so you can explain it to me.
0: I Listen, I don't want to expose the business of this podcast, but in between recording the main show and After Dark, I made at least two wrestling jokes that you laughed at.
1: Did I know them?
0: Yes, it was one about the inspiration with two eyes.
1: Okay. did you know for, them. Right, I know them.
0: And I forget what the other one was.
1: Something see? about the
0: Bruiser Brody stuff. I don't know, Todd. It happened like 16 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> right. We'll see. I was thinking of four wrestlers. I was thinking of two women's wrestlers each wearing an eye, pr- at, eye patch. So they would be
0: inspiration with two eyes. Oh, OK. <laughs>
1: right.
0: There you go. All right. But we have actual comic book stuff to talk about this week. OK. Uh, in the news, uh, one creator saved from Substack. Uh, And after a 10-plus year absence, uh, Spider-Man has invaded the real-life Big Apple. And 2022 is going to mark anniversaries for many of our favorite comic books, comic book projects, comic book companies, and the thing we'll be talking about this week. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Digital sales. Uh, What we read this week, which is One Star Squadron and Batman 118. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, We'll shake the tree to see if there's a Todd's art attack. Uh, The third to last edition of this version of Todd and Joe Have Issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, spoiler filled discussion of Hawkeye. Wow.
1: Full show, Joe.
0: I was going to say a nice slender read of a show, but sure.
1: Haven't said slender read in a while.
0: Yes. Well, one of the things uh, that we're going to be discussing is uh, this week, Tom Taylor, uh, who has quickly become uh, one of our favorite creators. You were on the trolley a little bit before I was, Mm -hmm. uh, has signed an exclusive with DC. Right. Now it's not like he's got a ton of stuff going on at Marvel. Um he was supposed to be writing some sort of new X-Men book. He's currently in the midst of writing Dark Days. Uh but obviously and speci- and he I guess it'll still let him do his creator own stuff cuz he has 7 secrets from Boom still out there.
1: Right. And do you mean Dark Ages instead of Dark Days?
0: dark ages yes yes okay, my just problems. making
1: sure i was like i didn't know what dark days was because
0: well, you could correct me when i'm wrong which happens quite frequently
1: oh it never happens but
0: right uh so yeah i think this is uh smart for dc to lock uh someone like him up uh especially with him putting out such quality and prolific work uh and everyone else going to Substack.
1: I agree. I mean, technically wouldn't he be able to go to Substack with creator own stuff if he wanted to? Sure. But I think they're going to hold on to him with two hands over there at DC. Like that's I think they realize that they have like, you know, the next big thing and I could see him having the next like event book or the next or the second to next uh, event book, you know what I mean? Like whatever's in the hopper. Um I definitely look at it that way, you know.
0: Yeah. And he's already got his fingerprints in Superman and Batman.
1: Yep. He's in the bat world and there's he's Batman and Superman adjacent. Definitely.
0: Right. And I'd say we're probably six to 12 months to him being Superman full thoroughbred or Batman full thoroughbred, you know,
1: Mm, we'll see. I don't know. I think uh, a certain writer's going to stay around on that Batman book for a while.
0: Uh, you know, well, again, we can we can get into that when we get into that, because right. that's what we'll be talking about, what we read this past week. Right. Uh, but good for Tom Taylor. I think he does very well with the DC characters. Um, You know, obviously, who knows how long that exclusive contract is for? It could be a year. It could be 20 years. Right.
1: Right. I want to say from what I remember that an exclusive on an average was two years. Okay. I mean, you could obviously sign any contract you want, but from people that I had talked to in the industry that they would be like, yeah, on the average, a a creator owned a creator owned an exclusive contract is two years.
0: Some people will tell you that a uh, contract ain't worth the uh, paper it's printed on. But I ain't one of those people. Right. Uh, So this weekend, uh, maybe as you're hearing this, uh, how these things get rolled out uh spider-man no way home it's theaters uh this will be the second time uh in the calendar year 2021 i leave my house to go to a movie theater right and uh, of course i am at spider-man uh maybe my most anticipated movie of you know since the last spider-man movie i think as we record this um spider-man into the spider-verse came out four years ago today
1: okay i look at it. I'm not looking forward to another movie for the rest of the year. More. Oh, okay.
0: Right. But to promote, to co- celebrate, to whatever, um, there is a daily bugle pop-up news stand in New York city. If any of our listeners are in that area, it's on the upper East side at 86th and Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, same, you know, everything that the Daily Bugle has in the movie. It's got a Spider Man hero or menace poster up, and then it's got copies of the Daily Bugle, you know, from the movie itself there. And that's uh that's pretty cool, man.
1: I love that kind of stuff. Mm. When I saw that, I was like, "Okay, this is actually really cool." And the newspaper, you know, has a has a, as an insurance ad on the cover. I love so, like, because they're the one promoting it. Um, and it, you probably don't see it because you usually fast forward through the commercials of TV. Sure. Um, but Spider Man's like getting a a big push for products, and there's one for uh, a the insurance company that 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 they do. Um, but that being said, uh, I just love that uh, whenever. They would do like mock-up newspapers. Like I have the old uh, uh, Daily Planet newspaper years and years ago that they did for the invasion miniseries. I thought okay. that was really cool, and I would like one of these Daily Bugle ones, even though I'm not a, like a huge Spider-Man fan the way you are. But I looked into what they're going for because they're like limited to three thousand, and that's all they're going to give away. Um, they like all day on eBay, like over a hundred bucks with bids. Yeah.
0: So, eh, that price will come down eventually until someone st- figures out a way to start slabbing them, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, you get special slabs, special plastic coffins for your Daily Bugle.
0: Now, I know um, this year over the summer, they did the giant Starros popping up in a bunch of places for Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And I know when they did Death of Superman, they did like a knockoff Time magazine, whatever it's called in the DC universe. I think it's called like Timeline.
1: Or Timely or something or some, like that. I
0: forget what it's called, but like it's a magazine sized thing, treating it as though it was like a real world thing commemorating the passing of Superman. And I still have that in my collection, you know. Right.
1: I remember that.
0: Um, so, yeah. And then I think uh, however many years ago it was when the Simpsons movie came out, they converted a bunch of 7-Elevens into Quickie Marts and had mm-hmm. like all Simpsons branded stuff that you could buy in there um i'm no ad wizard or i'm no numbers man you know but you're spending millions upon millions of dollars to promote these movies not 1.074 billion but i get (laughs) you um but like i don't know like do the do stuff like this more often you know
1: right i mean it's one stand like how much does it cost you know yeah
0: and you do it as like a promotional tie-in or whatever it is You know, I look at the, uh, you know, like, what if, I say, what if whenever the next DC movie comes out, they decide to convert some Starbucks into Sun Dollars to tie in with the DC knockoff version of it, right? Right. Uh, Let's say when the next Thor movie comes out this summer, in the Thor movie, uh, Jane Foster eats, like, Whataburger or whatever. Right. And then you have, like, some sort of, like, the Whataburger or, like, the... Molnir, like, shows up at, like, participating Whataburgers. Like, can you lift Molnir? Like, stuff like that.
1: Right. Bring back the Thing Burger. Bring, there you go. The Thing Sauce. That's what I want. I think your local, if you go to your local Denny's,
0: they still have Thing Burgers and Thing Sauce there. It's the same ones that they made back in 2000, whatever.
1: I think it's the Krusty Secret Sauce recipe, Joe. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, obviously, um, with that hefty price tag on it, I wouldn't uh, say, hey, go grab one for me if you're in New York. I do know a couple of people that are currently in that area. But and, you do you. Go grab one for yourself. That's a cool uh, memento right. of an awesome, what I'm sure will be an awesome movie. No spoilers, right. no spoilers.
1: And that DC magazine, that fake one, was uh, News Time.
0: News Time. See, I knew it was something silly like that, you know? Well,
1: it, it's either News Time or new stime it's all one to get run together
0: or new dimes yes all right uh so last but not least as i mentioned uh 2022 ends up being the anniversary of a bunch of big things uh 50th anniversary of ghost rider which is pretty crazy uh thirty year anniversary of image comics, which I think we'll do a better job commemorating over on previewing the past next year yes, uh, but also Todd, this is the world in which we live in two thousand twenty two marks the thirty year anniversary of jean paul valet
1: <sighs> the fake Batman asriel that's right, Dollar store Batman.
0: Is this how low we've gotten to commemorate anniversaries?
1: I think so. I think, you know, when you have an anniversary, no matter how, you know, small, I guess you have to promote it, you know?
0: Right. I don't even know if Jean-Paul Valet is even still Azrael in the books. Um, I don't even know what's going on there. But one would
1: assume
0: that Azrael has got to be doing something in D.C. in 2022.
1: Um, I know he's popping up in some books right now. He's in those, uh, uh, thing. And then there's a storyline called Arkham tower. Cause since Arkham was, was destroyed, they built the new, like Arkham asylum, they built a tower. So it's Arkham tower. And, uh, Asriel, like one of the issues of that crossover has Azrael showing up, whether he's a, he's, you know, a good guy or a bad guy, I don't know yet, but, uh, we'll see. I'm going to get all those issues just to see Joe.
0: I say get as many of the variant covers as you can. Really flood the market with them, you know?
1: Oh, those are the best ones.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, that's really all there is for news. Uh, Like I said, it's uh, getting toward the end of the year, almost holiday season. And Todd, there's no conventions this weekend or next. I wonder why. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, big C2E2 last week. Uh, Everyone's going to take... The last two uh, weeks of the year off and we'll roll right into things with uh, 2022 with conventions. But that's nice that this is a bit of a collapsible segment.
1: Yep. I'll have to remember for my opening next week that I don't mention it.
0: That's right. It'll be in the <laughs> show notes if you read them.
1: Right. Oh, we're supposed to read those? That's a big if. Next, you're going to have me putting lists together. Come on. Oh, boy.
0: You got you got at least two weeks to do that.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Uh, so... Uh, Check out uh, SoonToBeNamedNetwork.com, SoonToBeNamedNetwork.tumblr.com, all the shows in the Soon-To-Be-Named Network. Whenever they go live, you can find them there, uh, outside of their own individual feeds. If you're uh, that kind of person, just wants everything all together in one spot, that's what Soon-To-Be-Named Network is for. Uh, That would be this show, of course, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Uh, At Odds With Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, uh, Final Wrestling Place. Wings on Wings, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, Puzzle Warriors 3, and Profane Arguments.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a big push for the Michelle and Todd episode uh, lately, it seems so.
0: I saw that.
1: It's going it, to happen. And I give Michelle top top billing every time. Just Oh, okay. I'm willing to do that. We'll have to
0: see. We'll have to see when the next um, <laughs> AEW pay-per-view is. Now, right. if we can get Michelle to come out to the lvac show on january 1st right and then we could do like a quick banger with everyone after the show if anything is open which is the big if a lot of big variables there but it'll happen it'll happen at some point you know right
1: right as long as uh-huh. as my writers are kept but anyway. yes
0: uh-huh uh, and anytime anyone from, uh, soon to be named network shows up on any other shows and they let me know, I do pass it along, share it with you. You can find it over at soon to be named network, soon to be named network.com. Uh, friend of the show, Kevin Hellions, you can go check out his website, masked library. Uh, he's been putting up a lot of his podcast appearances on pod, uh, pop culture pub and geek fallout. Those sort of things. Uh, Like I said, he has his site linked up there. Rick Williams' Chop Shop, where he has all those cool uh, glow-in-the-dark, resin, sci-fi, fantasy uh, wrestling figures that he does. Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runts Battle Monsters, two listeners of this show, uh, made, self-published, their own comic book. You can check both of those out over at Comixology. And you can check out our comic book store, Comics on the Green if you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area let our comic book shop be your comic book shop they do a fantastic mail order subscription service whether you get your books sent to you once a month twice a month every week you're getting your books you're not getting a big pull list backed up and we're not going to swear at your name when you're not there and hey if you're getting stuff mailed to you you might even get a fancy sketch from our good friend becky you can check out her process and a lot of the stuff that she does art wise on her social media and all of that is linked up in the show notes to every single one of these episodes Mm -hmm. uh if you're more of a digital comic book person hey there's a ton of stuff on sale here uh dc is having a sale on strange adventures stuff as the uh, Tom King Strange Adventures book just wrapped up, and I think the hardcover of that comes out this week.
1: I think it does.
0: And a bunch of the other iterations of Strange Adventures is collected up and there. Uh, Dark Horse has two sales going on, Superhero Comics, which is a rarity, over at uh, Dark Horse. And you know what? I want to double-check this as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they, so they have a lot of the Black Hammer stuff in there, but it does not appear as though they have a ton of the, uh, comics greatest whatevers, the superhero line that Dark Horse did in the mid nineties. Oh, okay. Uh, some of the stuff is in there, not all of the stuff is in there uh barbed wires in there ghost is in there uh but i mentioned it last week i'll mention it again uh go check out uh comrade bolsky's twitter account uh he does those big deep dives into some of the greater stuff uh from the uh 90s comics Comrade Mm -hmm. underscore Bolsky. he just did a whole big thing on that line of uh, Dark Horse superhero comics. Kind of how it worked, where it went, what happened to it, that sort of thing. Um, Throwing that a plug in there with this. Uh, Marvel having a sale on Doctor Strange Team-Up, King in Black, the most recently wrapped up Spider-Man Venom storyline. Marvel amazing Spider-Man legacy stuff as well. Uh you know sure is a lot of Spider-Man stuff on sale this week. Uh not so much Batman stuff. People really no. want a taste of that second best Rogues gallery in all the comics.
1: Well, when there's certain uh best uh, second best gallery of Rogues comes out in what a few months, we'll see. Hopefully they'll have a pop-up Batcave. <laughs>
0: I don't want any Batcaves popping up on me regardless.
1: Well, you know what? They they need a new guy pushing the dc sales joe that's what they need
0: they do Mm -hmm. um ain't gonna be me sadly
1: (laughs) right you don't have that for that bachelor degree in sales
0: right exactly i could lie my way through it but that's about it right um so hey uh let's get into what we read from this past week todd where would you like to begin
1: I'm going to start with the book we were both looking forward to, which was One Star Squadron written by Mark Russell, not the musical uh, political satirist, the other one, and art by uh, Steve Lieber. Uh, It's about basically it's mostly about Red Tornado and the uh, Heroes for You company that he works for. They do all sorts of things. Um, They do like uh, telemarketing, personalized video appearances, birthday parties and promotional events. And, of course, dignified security work. Um, So they're basically like an app for like, you know, uh, different versions of superheroes to do what you want. And uh, there's various people in there like G.I. Uh, robot, who I love, he has 52 confirmed kills, as he's at the little kid's birthday party, um, but Power Girl, uh, uh, Red Tornado, Minuteman, the Heckler, uh, a couple people I, I don't recognize, um, but as it goes on, uh, this person who was maybe a hero at one time, who has lost their memories in the hospital, and the, the orderlies are like, well, we can kind of pawn him off on this, and they take him over there, and as we read the book, we find out that he's gangbuster from the old like superman comic and they even have like a wikipedia page about him in the comic so you can learn a little bit and red tornado decides to take him under his wing to try and figure out what's going on with him um uh you know trying to figure out to get his memory back get his history um while this is going on he has a uh, an employee that's with him called the Minuteman, who's basically like the uh dirt mall version of our man And uh, Power Girl works there too, and she's kind of making, maybe making a play for, you know, management kind of a deal. Um, And like I said, if you like all the stuff that you've kind of equated with the book Steve Lieber's done over the years uh, with different writers, um, this has that feel like there's even like comic book, like uh, meta stuff, like somebody asking if somebody's in a flashback when they're not paying attention. Um, I had. A lot of fun with this, and I'm looking forward to the next five issues. It looks beautiful, and it's probably the best the Red Tornado's ever been, Joe. Yeah.
0: Um, and obviously, you mentioned Red Tornado is technically the lead of this book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it certainly looks like they're positioning Power Girl to be the antagonist, which is a very interesting position for her to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think it's the Steve Lieber vibes. And I would never want to put such a lofty praise on a book because it's a really good book, okay? I had so much fun and it feels so much – so it feels like a book that DC is going to cancel before it's over.
1: What? There's only six issues. It's a limited series. No way, Joe. Name one limited series that they ended without finishing.
0: This year or forever? Because I got a list for both. <laughs> oh, do you have a list? The best and the worst, too? Uh-huh. um. But this feels very much in tone of Superior Foes of Spider-Man.
1: Um, I'm glad you said it because I wasn't going to say it. So,
0: Yeah. I get such strong Superior Foes vibes. And mm-hmm. is that maybe painting this book into a corner that it may not be able to get itself out of, that I've heaped too much praise on it, I'm like, "Eh." I stand by my statement. I I say definitely you should check it out, because it does have the potential to be that good, and it is only a six-issue miniseries. Um, Buy it now, or wait for the trade, or what have you, because I definitely think there's going to be one of those... Um, So I hope this ends up being... What that Bizarro book from a couple of years back could have should have would have been
1: Here's what I'm going to say I'm hoping this is more Wonder Twins less uh, uh, Inferior 5 Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a different creative team uh, But here's an-
1: what I'm saying I'm saying yeah. with, with Wonder Twins That was a 6-1 that they extended to 12 That's true where Inferior 5 was a 12 that they shortened to 6 and then stopped with 4. So that's why the other one's better, Joe. Oh, okay. That's all. And the other one was Mark Russell, so...
0: Right, Wonder Twins was Mark Russell, so the precedent is there for it to happen. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, you don't need to know, like, Red Tornado's backstory, you don't need to know Gangbuster's backstory, any of these things, so don't let that scare you off. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very self-contained, very of itself book.
1: Right. And being like the B-listers, I'm pretty sure Minuteman is new. Like you, you're not going to get a ton of back history. And if you do, like, I know a little bit about the red tornado, one of the greatest heroes ever, uh, his origin stuff. And it did have to do with the greatest supervillain group, which is, uh, the Royal Flush gang. It's never have a bad story with the Royal Flush gang, Joe.
0: I was going to say, there was a time in the DC Universe, if you were starting out as a babyface, good guy, whatever, and Mm -hmm. your first adventure wasn't against the Royal Flesh Gang, then really you didn't stand a chance.
1: Right. Yep.
0: Uh, So the other book that we read from this past week was another DC book, uh, Batman 118, uh, written by Josh Williamson with art by Jorge Molina. And I think... That Like, kind of almost becomes a second feature. And who's the second artist on this?
1: Um, Moray? I know. hang on. I'm sorry.
0: I could have swore there was a second artist credited in this book. Like, I know what? it's not on the cover, and I know it's not on DC's website, but that doesn't mean anything, you know?
1: What? Are you saying that occasionally DC's website will be wrong?
0: I'll also say that, um... Oh, okay, Mikael Janine did some stuff in this as well. Okay, according to the, according to the 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 masthead on the back that says like written by artist colors ink etcetera, et cetera. I get you, but again, not on the not on the cover, not on the website, not on anything like this. So I will admit that I kind of fell a little bit behind on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Todd said, Joe, you got to read this for the show this week. So it jumped the line on everything else, including many issues of Batman itself.
1: <laughs>
0: um, Kind of spoils how Fear State ends, which I kind of knew Batman was going to win. What? <laughs> uh, but there's a set piece, of course, where uh, Barbara is attempting to tell Bruce to kind of bring it in. You had a big victory. Uh, You don't have to keep doing your Batman stuff. You could take a break. Of course, Batman doesn't listen. And... Uh, He finds out that there is a robbery about to be in progress at a high society ball where the gimmick of the high society ball is everyone is dressed up as Batman villains. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, of course, there are people who are dressed as Batman villains who slip in to attempt to rob the place. Um, And that was a really cool set piece, I thought. Uh, We do actually get a legitimate Batman villain uh, in there. I would say the higher end of things. (laughs) okay (laughs) definitely a hot
1: villain i'll say that
0: definitely a hot villain yes yes and it's almost like you know because batman is like your normal five dollar book so it's the flagship book they're going to put a little bit more meat on the bone if you will for that uh and we get another storyline uh where batman has to leave the bruce batman has to leave the country because several members of batman incorporated uh are the suspects in a murder and Batman believes uh, that they're correct. They did in fact commit a murder,
1: right? And then we kind of get somebody else who shows up and is like, "Oh, I'm you know I'm involved in this too. I'm looking into this," and that's going to tick off Batman big time. And I like the idea of this villain kind of coming back into the fold at DC in a bigger and broader way. But I like this book for like all the things that you said, and on top of that. Uh, The book starts out with Gotham celebrating a win. And I just like the idea of, like, Gotham, like, hey, we're not being blown up. We're not being (laughs) destroyed. There's not giant creatures walking through the city. Like, you know, like, I'm hoping – that, thi- like, Joshua Williams could take, a, like, a page out of, like, a different book and, like, lower lower the the the, the damage <laughs> around the character at all times. And have this look like to be a detective story, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, not to say that there wasn't
0: action-y stuff, and not to say that the action-y stuff wasn't beautifully drawn, because it was. Uh, but I'm with you. Um, starting the story off with, you know, the people of Gotham celebrating, and then Batman being taken out of Gotham and going, you know on a globe trotting adventure with the Batman Inc. folk. Right. Now, that can let right. crazy stuff happen to Batman and not have it be in Gotham City.
1: Right, and also not be, like, in this, like, when they fought, the the. the it's like a rogue doing a, they're robbing a billionaire ball. Like that's what I want to see in Batman every once in a while. And I was like, okay, that was fun. It's not the court of Owls going to like destroy the foundation of Gotham. And it's going to sink into a crater. Like, like everything is bigger and badder. That's this. And he has to leave. And then Joe, if he's out of town, Batman's out of town in 2022. Who's going to be Batman to take his place?
0: I hope not. Azrael.
1: Oh, that would be terrible.
0: I want someone good to take over <laughs>
1: right
0: i can name at least 26 people i'd rather have take over for batman
1: <laughs> are they good or bad
0: Then either list right <laughs> uh but no if you've been kind of scared off and you felt like maybe the fear stuff has been a little unwieldy of where to hop on uh you don't care about ghost hunter and clown maker or you know fear state this crossover or that crossover Here's a brand new storyline to jump in on some Batman stuff, you know?
1: I I agree, and I said this before. Joshua Williams on uh, Flash was one of my favorite runs. So, you know, it was so under the radar that I think people are going to be surprised by this.
0: Now, do we know? Because, you know, remember however long ago it was, when Tom King left Batman and James Tinian came on, that was originally only supposed to be like a four to six issue run. And then it ended up being like a two-year run, two-plus-year run or
1: something? Right. Whatever it was, he was supposed to run to 100 and then stop. Mm -hmm. And then they added all that other stuff on top when Tinian's run really went off the rails as far as I was concerned. Um, I don't know. I have a feeling because like when everything that he's done at DC, like he did – 100 issue run like he he was the guy that like started flash at rebirth and then all like was like all right i'm gonna go and he literally did 100 issues maybe more um and everything else that he's written at dc seems like he's doing the deathstroke inc and he's doing that justice league incarnate which is only a six issue mini but it's like he goes so i have a feeling he has a long term plan unless they yank the rug out from under him, which is a possibility it's
0: always a possibility
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh but this first issue was good like i said a great jumping on point right so that's what we read this past week let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week if you head over to longboxheroes.com every tuesday we put up the poll post around noon eastern time which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books before one, before or know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the others are most looking forward to coming out this week. I am currently in the lead with 3 correct guesses and even if I tank these next 3 weeks it'll still just be a tie.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: so looking at Todd's list, what is
1: Newburn? New Burn is that Chip new Chip Zdarsky creator-owned book Aha, uh-huh. where it is a – what's the word I'm looking for? He's a um, private investigator who work like if the mob has a problem where it's like, okay, like someone's robbed us. We can't go to the cops. He has diplomatic immunity through all the gangs, and they're like, you go in, figure it out, so we can get – so everybody can get retribution. And that's what he does.
0: Gotcha. Uh, so I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Hulk number two.
1: It is Hulk number two. I was just going to say no for the next three weeks so we can t- hopefully tie, but it is Hulk. Gotcha. Is the book you're also looking forward to uh, Hulk number two?
0: Yes, it is Hulk number two.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: even though I'm caught up on at least two of the other three books that are on my list there. Um,
1: you're caught I will- up on Thing?
0: I'm caught up on Thing. There's only been Shocking. one issue, right? Right. <laughs> right. Um. I will ask you, did you know there was a Kevin Eastman cover variant on Thing? I did not. Mm-hmm. We might need to talk, pal. Okay. All right. Uh. So, yeah, so uh, no movement there, and it looks like I'll be winning for the year. That's the way I like it. Mm-hmm. Um... While you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, or Todd and Joe have issues. We are nearing the end of this Jonah Hex spider clone thing that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had uh, Jonah Hex number 68 to read, and uh, I mentioned it in the little write-up, of course, about the uh, Todd and Joe have issues but uh boy that that brings back some memory, seeing those covers with the big giant green lantern banner across the top of them, huh?
1: July seventeenth coming to a theater near you, Joe
0: Mhm can't leave quick enough.
1: is that a dark day you know in your in your it's life a very Joe? dark
0: day in my life. I went to go see that movie in the theaters for this for this very show, I think, and uh yeah let's we're talking about Jonah Hex, let's talk about good things, huh <laughs> okay, not the Jonah Hex movie, but. Oof. Uh so we talked before about uh you enjoying Batman this week because it was more of a detective y story. Mm-hmm. And this is as close to a detective y story as you're going to get in Jonah Hex. Right. Uh written by Jimmy Pamiotti uh and Justin Gray with art by uh Rafael Guerra. Right. Now I'll say this. Um this i i've liked gara's art before but in this issue because so much of the action takes place in like a single bedroom atop a saloon the art gets a little muddy
1: yeah and but he definitely did change the artwork i think a little bit for that being like you said and the fact that he has to uh, have everybody be just dis- like uh, distinguished. Like you have to be able to tell them apart if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. It's still just a little messy, right?
1: No, I get you.
0: So uh, this issue, there's a murder in the town of Cottonwood. Uh, and it's a big issue here because it's the third murder in two years. Uh, so obviously this is a big to do, Right. Mm -hmm. and a bunch of the local folk are trying to figure out who killed Jones. Uh, It's suggested that a man just recently came to town, a stranger. So we'll just say, well, that's probably him. Uh, We'll go talk to him. I got a rope on my horse. And, uh, yeah, we'll just go take care of the problem. It was very clearly him. Mm -hmm. But obviously that him was uh, Jonah Hex, of all people. Uh, Jonah Hex keeps his cool during the whole thing during, what, like, Five people with their guns drawn on them.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: We get to see a little bit of the smooth talk inside of Jonah. Jonah being cool and calm under pressure. Uh, You know, not that all the time, but the Jonah that I know and love would have just like. plugged these uh, five fools full of lead, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but essentially what happens is. Jonah has information on these guys, for these guys that they want. They want to know who killed this guy, Jones. Jonah knows who did it, but he's not going to tell them up front until he can kind of coerce them into finding out, well, let's go to the sheriff. Oh, there is no sheriff in town. Oh, you guys are just going to put a bounty on the head of whoever did this? Sure. Bang. Jonah shoots the guy. Uh, tells him, like, why well, came into town? I saw these two guys shoot him. Uh, you could check me if I shot a guy, I would have robbed him, check him, see if he has anything on him that he shouldn't have. Turns out he does. Uh, I forget what the guy who Joan ends up shooting's name is.
1: I forget too, but, uh,
0: he and Jones, uh, had a bit of a gambling issue where they, where this guy may have been a little bit too drunk to remember, uh, what cards he had or be able to keep track of things. And he gave up a watch uh, that he had gotten in the war. Now, they do get a little deep into the discussions in the war. It felt a little padding, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, it was interesting and fun to see Jonah be more of the manipulator right. and be more of the uh, the the man who moves the pawns around the chessboard as opposed to the blunt force trauma that comes in and leaves a wake of destruction in his path.
1: Right. Uh, I,
0: I like this issue though. Uh, like I said, the, the art does get a little sloppy when like Jonah has the big shootout toward the end when they're all in the room. Uh, and I think they could have trimmed down some of the war remembrance stuff, but all in all a good issue getting to see a different side of Jonah Hex.
1: Right. I have nothing really else to add other than, uh, once again, I'm going to be sad that this part of the show is going to be over us reading Jonah Hex. That being said, something that I'm (laughs) definitely going to be happy about, Joe, is the fact that we basically have uh, gotten to the end of the Spider-Clone saga. Because with uh, Spider-Man was the number 70, uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man number 75, uh, this is basically part four of four of revelations obviously we have another title that we'll get to in a second uh that i don't think we needed i'll get but i'm getting ahead of myself um it starts out with uh you know little normie osborne trick-or-treating because it's halloween and somebody with a very distinctive haircut tells him not to get lost because tonight is the night of goblins and uh then we cut to peter who's swinging through the city because he got the message that something's happening, that Mary Jane went into labor and things aren't great at the hospital. So he's thinking about like all the stuff that's, you know, happened to him and he, and he gets there and nobody can point him. Nobody knows where MJ is not like till he sees this one guy. And this part I'll kind of let go. Um, The guy's like, there's been a problem and he's like, like a doctor and Peter like kind of loses his mind and his, Spider sense goes off definitely because of the art, but somehow this doctor gets to get the drop on him and uh, sedate him, which I'm like, okay, maybe he thought there was trouble with the baby. I don't know, but I don't like when normal dudes just get the drop on Spider-Man with his uh, spider senses. But uh, the doctor says, oh, you're going to, don't worry. It's not going to kill you because he wants you alive. And Peter hallucinates a pumpkin. Um, as all this is going on, obviously, uh, there's that big party at the top of the daily bugle and, uh, spider mans supporting cast is there for various different reasons. Everybody in his life that we kind of haven't seen, you know, or at least I haven't seen because of the clone saga in a while. Um, Peter wakes up. He's like, I'm in the, I'm in the costume, like what's going on. And the guy's basically, it's quite useless. Uh, the gas is, you know, kind of. Uh, incapacitated you And has been a long time Peter But now it is time to lay our history to rest And he's like Harry? Harry Osborne? He's like no Harry is dead You saw to that and now I've come back To see that you pay for every transgression You've made against me and my family And he's like no Not you and he's like yes It's me and tonight And he even has the font that's on the front Of the book is the Knight of the Goblin He can speak Ugh. in font which is Fantastic And Peter's, like, losing his mind. You're dead. I saw you die after you killed Gwen. He's like, yep. He's like, "Uh, I I killed your girlfriend. You did nothing about it. Then you watched as I was impaled by my own goblin glider. But it's me, Peter. It has always been me in more ways than you have ever known or anybody knew, apparently. (laughs) I'm not a clone, not a doppelganger, not a mechanical construct i am norman osborne your worst enemy and he rips open his shirt to show that like he had the goblin impaled uh on his chest um something else i forgot too is that uh stacy stacy's brother is looking into uh peter as the murderer um as this goes on like uh norman's just berating uh peter and he's telling him like I had a healing factor thanks to the great villain. Uh, what was his name? Uh, who was that guy from last year? Mendel week? Strom. Come on. Mendel Strom. Like, uh, he's on the top tier. He's like, and it gave me an accelerated healing factor. But then Peter's <laughs> like, the funeral. He's like, the funeral. What a lovely affair. I was there watching from the shadows as all the teary-eyed mourners paid their respects to the great Norman Osborn. Um, But it wasn't my body being laid to rest. My damaged heart began to mend even as I... Left my shattered body in that dark alley. Uh, And he talks about how it was a uh, somebody, a bomb in the morgue that looked like him. And he left to give his son, uh, uh, Harry, the chance to be the green goblin. Um, But you know, you saw that that wasn't going to happen. You killed my son. And I do like this. Peter's like, I didn't happen that way, but you're never going to believe me. What do you want? And he's like, everything, everything that you have, everything you ever had and everything you might ever have. I want your life. Um, the laughable thing is I already do and you don't even know it, Joe. So oh. much stuff that he's, you know, taunting him with. Um, and he's, he's just talking about like how it's come down to this moment, my vengeance, like all, behind the scenes. It's all been me. And he's like, but you don't even want me. I'm the, you know, I'm the clone. He's like, what? A clone? Genetically engineered copy of the Peter Parker? You really don't have a clue as to just how much I've been involved in the events of your life. Welcome to the real world, Parker. Recognize your blonde haired cousin? He's like, Ben. Um, he's like, yep. He's like, he's basically... Runs it all down. He's like, he's come back. Uh, He was with uh, torn from Miles Warren, a.k.a. the Jackal, Um, the man who, with the help of the recently deceased trainer, was proven to be the real McCoy, except I was manipulating Miles and trainer in more aspects of your life than you can ever fathom. He just keeps going on about like how much he was behind everything. The thing here is that Ben Riley, he's the real clone. And Peter always has been. But a victory over him means nothing. Um, it's you I want to uh suffer. And he's like, I've plotted against you but your your whole life. Like uh your I hate your persistence and your naive optimism. I'm going to take that all away from you now. Uh but he ends up uh, going over and he's going to show him that he's going to uh, hurt all the people he loves at the daily bugle. Uh, ben finally wakes up and he's like, yeah, uh, they're all over there. And he's re- he told me the plan. Cause obviously, you know, we need to know the plan here. And he told them off panel that he's, he's going to blow up the thing and kill all his friends. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, if he was going to do it, he's going to, he wants to prolong suffering and, and, you know, get, you know, get, get at me. He's like, so I'm going to go for the goblin. You go, um, and take care of the people at the bugle. And he's like, God help me. If he's done anything to Mary Jane and the baby. And it's at this point that I realize he has, you know, he, he doesn't know anything that's going on with Mary Jane, which I think that's kind of cool. Um, Norman, you know, gives the what for to all the people in the room as he's berating them like, ah, uh, you, you all done something to tick me off. At some point. And then there's one thing that just sticks out. Like as all this is going on. Even like the. Uh, the people at the coffee shop. The little kid runs over. And people like that weren't invited to the party. Are coming. So we can have all the characters here. But it says. On the streets far below. As the battle. Uh, you know. Is going on. Eyes are cast sideward, side. Skyward. Uh, in like in shock. All except for one person. A lady called Abby Levine. Who finds courage in this Halloween of horror. And she's like, call somebody call CMN, which obviously is CNN. I have no idea who this person is. Am I supposed to, Joe? Or don't you know? No. Okay. All right. So Ben goes off to help. He ends up taking off the spider costume and the web shooters um, and goes in and he starts like getting everybody out and he's using his uh, Peter part, the spider sets to find the bombs. Flash Thompson comes in and says, like, hey, get out of here, Ben. Um, you know, something can go up. And he takes the brunt of, uh, Ben takes the brunt of a pumpkin bomb saving him. He's all beat up, but he gets them all in the sack and takes them out to uh, Peter. And he's like, hey, I have an idea. Take these over to Norman's like, we got to get rid of these, but take them over to Norman's headquarters where he's been hiding out. That'll be a good place for him to go off. And Peter's like, okay, that sounds good. You know, after like doing the whole Ben Grimm, I'm never going to give up kind of thing. After taking a beating from uh Norman, he's like, I'll never let you have the satisfaction of beating me. So Peter's like, all right, I'll take these pumpkin bombs over. But when that happens, Norman sends the glider at Ben, hits him in the back, and sends him falling off the building with no way to do anything because he doesn't have the, the 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 spider sense, or the spider sense, the webbing. So he lands on a car. Peter gets mad, ends up throwing all the pumpkin bombs at Norman. They explode, but he ends up uh, disappearing, saying, you can you know never kill me. I will always be back. I'll be haunting you. Besides, I've already won. You have no idea what I've taken from you none. So Ben swings down, gets to Peter or gets to Ben and Ben's dying. Um, the, the, the paramedic says, yeah, there's nothing I can do for him. And Ben's like, from this day on clone or not, you're Spider-Man. You have to carry on for me. And this, like in this whole clone saga thing, he's like, take care of my niece, Peter, tell her all about her uncle Ben. And he ends up dying. Like Ben really has no idea what's like, Or ever will, maybe, what's going on with the the baby. What? We'll
0: get into all that.
1: Right. So I do like that as it's going on. And he ends up, no, it can't be. He ends up taking the body and he gets away and he's like, wait a minute, this can't be happening. He starts getting the the clone degeneration and he's like, you were the clone. I'm the real Peter Parker. Rest easy, brother. And he ends up swinging over and Mary Jane says, the baby, she, and he's like, I know. And they end up, uh, you know, h- like hugging each other. And they, you know, they have uh, all the t- tomorrows, as husband and wife to face what's happened. So um, I like the idea, like of all this, it it comes real fast that it's Norman. Like you said, it was rewritten at the end, but it's the only one who who could have, saved it even a little bit in the end as being the villain because anybody else would have been subpar. Um, my problems with it is boy, does Ben get the short shrift. It's like, Oh, you get killed. You disintegrate uh, like goodbye, Ben. That's the end of you. A um, lot of, a lot of weird stuff with that. And in a room full of journalists, nobody's ever asked or ever asked again about Peter's identical uh, cousin that just disappears. So, uh very interesting what do you have to say about this issue joe
0: uh well do you want to talk about the baby do you want to talk about ben
1: um well we're gonna do both right sure well I'm, okay so we'll we'll talk about both
0: i think he covered everything i really like john Romita jr's art in this um i thought he made norman in his return uh look cool and imposing Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, we'll we'll kind of wrap everything up with Ben and the baby, I guess. After we talk about speca- spectacular two forty three, I think it was.
1: Yes, it was
0: two forty one. My apologies.
1: I'm, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I have it in front of me, which is a classic cover, which I just saw go be sold recently. This cover, because I've been oh looking okay at a Luke, Ars- a Luke Ross art, um, but he's. You know, basically the issue starts out with him swinging over the city, thinking about everything that's happened, you know, how like, you know, all the tragic and uh, sorrow. But now it's, you know, it's it's he's in the city and all it's he's going to embrace life and all its joy. Um, Then Craven is in uh, Ravencroft and he's end up like, you know, screaming and the doctors like, calm down. We find out that it's actually uh, the chameleon. And uh, the doctor's like, oh, they're going to be shutting down uh, the the asylum, which is going to make things worse. Um, and I like what's going to happen to all these people. Um, Mary Jane is cleaning out what would have been the baby's room at the house. And she ends up uh, talking to Peter and saying that, uh, like, maybe we should move out. I don't know if I could stay here with everything that's happened, um, which is kind of like an interesting take on it. Uh, Peter, while he's on his way to MJ, I jumped the, the gun a little bit. He ends up going over and seeing uh, Jonah and instead of webbing him up and, uh, you know, doing all the the fun, practical jokes that he does, like everything that he's been through, he ends up telling him like, it's late. Go home, like take a night off. You're going to get yourself an early grave, you know, be with your family or whatever. And he ends up like that kind of affects Jonah or J. Jonah. He's like, you know, you're not going to do all those things and he ends up leaving to go home early. Um, cue a goblin-like character, which is the jack-o'-lantern, just flying over uh, the city. Uh, at this point, uh, Jonah calls his son, who's working at uh, the asylum, and says, like, I love you. And he's like, oh, he must have been drinking. Uh, but no, he really meant it, because of Peter. And they realize that the chameleon has been has escaped. Uh, they, they don't see him on... Uh, what do you call it, uh, the, the view camera anymore, so they're like, oh, something big's kind of happening. Peter is at home sleeping, you know, like, next to his wife, and he's like, ah, I need to get out, you know, I just, I'm restless um, unless you want me to stay home, and she's like, why would I want us to do that? And she's like, us? And she ends up swinging across the sky with Peter, which is a nice, like, you know, nod to, like, their, 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 their relationship and everything, and at the end you find out that uh the chameleon didn't escape so much as uh, the doctor uh, took him out, I guess, to, for whatever reason is going to happen. Whether she's going to help him or she's going to do something evil. I don't know. But uh, that's kind of the way. It's a very quick issue. Um, and all joking aside, I honestly don't think we needed it for this. I think we should have just ended the clone saga.
0: Okay. But this was just more of kind of a coda just to see how things kind of wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how things just essentially move on. You know, there's no mention of really, like, there's a passing mention of, like, the baby's room. Mm -hmm. There's no mention of Ben Riley. There's no mention of Norman Osborn, really. Um, and it's just like, we're moving on to new things. It's like, here's, here's Chameleon breaking out. Here's the kangaroo coming. Here's Jack-O-Lantern. We're just, like, moving on, right?
1: Here's all the things you love if you love (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: Right. Uh so Ben Riley uh essentially is done. Like they he does not come up again for another twenty years when in the Dan Slot written clone conspiracy, uh that little bit of genetic matter that was left of Ben Riley that Peter absconds with at the end of uh 75. Right, the jackal is back again. Ugh somehow gets his hands on that and recreates ben as a clone that has not regenerated yet because ben is the peter is the spider-man that's in the current amazing spider-man book
1: okay so ben the one that's i see i thought the ben that was around this is all flashbacks the ben that's
0: around currently
1: yes i thought it was okay
0: no so in the current amazing spider-man thing um, Peter got the snot kicked out of him and is pretty much in a coma and has been for like the last several months. Mm-hmm. uh, The Beyond Corporation, because like with everything that was going on with Peter, with remember when Peter was Iron Man for a while?
1: Oh, my favorite uh, run of Spider Man.
0: Right, and he like kind of tried to incorporate and all that because well, so remember when Doc Ock was Spider Man? Yes, and he tried to turn Spider Man into a business.
1: Yep. When did Spider Man become a business?
0: Right. Well, when Doc Ock took over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then Peter tried to do it and failed. Well, when Peter failed, he let a lot of the copyrights and stuff that he did of Spider-Man fall through the wayside. Mm-hmm. And the Beyond Corporation, uh, from Next Wave. Remember Next Wave?
1: Never read it, but go ahead.
0: Okay. The Beyond Corporation from Next Wave purchased all of those Peter Parker trade or all those Spider Man trademarks. And they hired Ben Riley to be Spider-Man. And Ben was the one that had to go and tell Peter. It's like, well, you know, you could be Spider-Man, but you're not Spider-Man, capital S, hyphen, capital M, because I am. They hired me. They have the ownership on him and so on and so forth. Peter goes to help Ben in a battle. Peter gets his butt kicked. So it's been Ben as Spider-Man in these last couple issues, working for the Beyond Corporation, uh the girlfriend from the the adventure like the lost uh, the lost adventures the redhead girl that's not mary jane but it's like ben riley's mary jane right she's still alive she's out of jail if you remember
1: i don't remember why did she go to, why did she go to jail because she killed, she killed, her, killed her dad okay
0: so she's been in jail for killing her dad beyond corporation springs are of jail for ben
1: now do in what we read did i see her go to jail no so we okay. see, we never see her
0: go to jail because it was in those flashback things where she admits to Peter or she admits to Ben that she killed her father. Like, okay. she kept like distancing herself, distancing herself, distancing herself. And I think there was another like mini series that was kind of inconsequential because at the time when I was putting this together, it's like, oh, we'll never see this character again. But you just need to kind of have like that little <laughs> bit of like Ben and Kane, you know, the more their <laughs> stuff and less her stuff. But she's back anyway. Um... And then in current day Amazing Spider-Man, like, they have the Daughters of the Dragon who are training Ben to become, like, a better Spider-Man. Uh, Black Cat, uh, Aunt May, et cetera, et cetera, are all coming to, you know, speak to Peter while he's in, like, his catatonic state in the hopes to bring him out. Right. And in the most recent issue, uh, Aunt May has gone uh, and enlisted the help of her ex-boyfriend and former fiancé, Dr. Octopus, to assist.
1: Oh, but isn't Aunt May dead?
0: Okay, so let's talk about the baby, okay?
1: Right. We now, are, go ahead. I was going to say, just so you know, I read, at this point now is when I start reading Spider-Man, what we're doing. Because I did read, I believe I read this issue back in the day, because it okay. was J.M., uh, and I read the Norman files that we're going to read next week. Okay. And, and then I would go on to, I didn't read all the Spider-Books, but didn't J.M. take over Spectacular from here on out? I think so. And that's what I was reading. I was reading Spectacular from here. But go ahead.
0: So uh, this does not get a resolution for another two years. Okay. We get drips and drabs of it. uh, That Allison monogram, that witch woman, right? Mm -hmm. We see her. We see the scryers visiting her and all this (laughs) other stuff, right?
1: Right. No Judas Traveler, though. No
0: Judas Traveler. Judas Traveler, like I said, never seen again, right? Right, right. Uh, From that one issue that we read where it was everything that you know is wrong. Um, So we as a reader are led to believe that the baby is still alive. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Peter and Mary Jane are led to believe that the baby died. But like I said, we, because, you know, uh, Alison Monogram, she has like some sort of package that she's going to deliver. Uh, Norman sends her off on her way, says you have to take care of this and so on and so forth. I don't think they had a plan for what that was going to be because two years later, it turns out that Alison Monogran is informed to tell Peter and Mary Jane that the baby has been alive this whole time and she's been raising the baby. Mm -hmm. That ends up being a misdirect because the baby had been dead. What Alison Monogran had really been protecting was the fifth and final thing in these like ancient artifacts that these scryers were collecting that were going to give Norman absolute power.
1: That was the Gathering of the Five storyline. Yes. Which was a great idea, terrible execution.
0: Right. But what ends up happening is, because again, it's it's always misdirect upon misdirect, Um, we're being told May, May, and we assume that the daughter's name was May, and the reason that we believe this was, if you remember M2, the Marvel Universe 2 with yep. like, the alternate universe with all the kids and everything
1: right it had the spider girl and juggernaut jr and
0: yeah um and in those books spider-man and mary jane's daughter lived she had spider powers and her name was may so in all these issues of main continuity spider-man books they're all saying may may you know and everyone's just assuming it's the baby no that's how they bring back aunt may And this is the reveal that this is the final piece of Norman Osborn's plan that the person that we saw who we thought was Aunt May back in issue 400 of Amazing Spider-Man was an actress
1: that That I hired
0: to take the place of Aunt May while Norman stashed Aunt May away somewhere.
1: Which is like the worst plan ever. Yes. Because like if you're willing to destroy someone's unborn baby why would you keep the ant alive do you know what i mean
0: so i i think and we'll get into it in the next two weeks when we read on uh, like the so next week is the osborne <laughs> journals which is the incontinuity kayfabe drawn out explanation to try to make sense of the last two years the last year of what we've read And then the week after that is the 101 ways to end the clone saga, which is the shoot interview, if you will, tongue in cheek style of how editorial tried to make sense of all this. But as it turns out, it's like two years later after the parts we're we're reading and they still haven't made sense of it. And they're still trying to patch things and close loops that were open that people forgot about. Or loops that were left open so long. They're like, okay, we have this huge dangling plot thread. We need to do something about this. Like, we can't just let this sit forever.
1: Mm -hmm. That's why this is one of the worst stories ever told. (laughs) Like, like we talked. Like, Jam had some high spots. And there was some interesting stuff in here. But if you're... However long story this took place in real time has ramifications that is still was messing with your title for years to come. That's a bad story. Like, so yes, like we talked about like the jury still, I don't know if the Norman journals and the uh, 101 ways to end the clone saga might turn it around. There's still hope, but I'm going to go with no. So, so the,
0: the two biggest concerns with this were, them for whatever reason deciding to extend this further. Okay, you're going to extend it further because it's doing very well in sales. Right. Okay, I'll give you that. You want to stretch it out a little bit further. I understand that. But when the decision is finally made that like we're doing this to make Ben the new Peter Parker, he's going to be the new Spider-Man that we're reading from here on out, and then they change their mind on that. Right. If they did one or the other, if they kept it short, did the misdirect where they're making us believe that Ben is the real Peter, and they're like, nope, and we come to the same resolution that we came to here in issue seventy-five. Okay, not as bad, but it was a fun, interesting story arc. Or they decide to like stick with it, have Ben be Spider-Man, which is actually where we are today in two thousand twenty-one. But but we're not. um, But go ahead, not extend it. As far. Or or no, like they extended as far as they did, but they stuck to their guns. And like Peter dies. Peter is the one who gets the thing in the back from Norman. And it's Ben who ends up taking on the legacy. Mm -hmm. I think if they did one of those two things, we would have been talking about this in a little bit more glowing terms. But the fact that they did neither, we talk about it in negative terms.
1: I think if they had done. Uh, the, uh, the original story, uh, or a shortened version of Peter, Peter finding out that he was actually, if they did a shortened version of Peter finding out that maybe he was the clone doing it a little bit and then reversing it, you would have an all time classic story to go along with that original clone saga, but they messed it up. That's, I think that's the way they should have done this story. Um, I don't think they ever should have stuck to their guns and made Ben the the one true uh, Spider Man. I don't know. I just think in their their realization they came back around to what it should be the Peter who was Peter the whole time. And I I don't know. It's it, all around. It's just bad. That's that's all I got.
0: <laughs> I, I I still feel as though if they stick to if they stuck to one or two, it would have been a different situation. But they didn't both times when they zigged they zagged and here we are
1: right
0: yeah (sighs) but like like i said next week it's the osborne uh chronicles journals whatever where they in continuity kayfabe try to explain the last 20 years of how norman's been alive this whole time and how we're just now finding out that the goblin serum gave only norman wolverine-like healing powers
1: that was because of Hank Stram, the guy, give, giving him a boost. Mendel Strom, thank you very much. Oh, I'm thinking of the old Chiefs coach, so.
0: No. Um, And then issue 69 of Jonah Hacks. We're two <laughs> issues away from the New 52. Speaking of great ideas that have been around forever.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. But they never turned around on the New 52. Oh, wait. <laughs>
0: How many times have they turned around on the new 52 since the new 52 has happened? About 52 times, Joe. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: It's like poetry because it rhymes. I would say liberally
0: three times they've turned around on the new 52 in the last 10 years.
1: Right. I don't know. I just go by Rebirth, so.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, So while you're also over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out our store. Shirts, pins, stickers. Uh, Mails run a little bit slow, but I could probably get something to you by Christmas time. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, You can head over to our T Public store, tinyyearold.com slash longboxheroes. Get designs inspired by this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Add Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Hit my music on anything from cell phone covers to notebooks, and everything up to the 19th of December is 30% off, so definitely check that out. Sign up for the Patreon, get two bonus shows a month from Todd and myself for as little as a buck a month. $5 gets you those two shows two weeks before everyone else, plus at or after dark, two days before everyone else so you could listen to everything in the correct listening order this week we'll be recording the last six never seen movies (laughs) where i'm getting the privilege to watch the matrix for the first time in my life
1: right and i get to watch it on hbo max because it's working again
0: It's on Hulu, everybody. It's on Hulu if you're not a millionaire like Todd and have HBO Max. La-tie-da.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have the HBO Max opportunity. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was going to say something else to incriminate myself, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, and then, of course, previewing the past uh, next month starts off the the year 1992, uh, which is one of the biggest years in comic book history, for better or for worse.
1: Sometimes worse
0: Well we'll see again When we get to that first When we get to sort of Azriel number one We'll talk
1: I know somebody who Was demanding to be a guest host On that episode
0: <laughs> Well He better up his patronage <laughs> uh, Another way that you can Help us out of course Is make any and all Of your purchases Through the Amazon banner At the top of the page Over at longboxheroes.com uh, It does not cost you Anything extra They Amazon call it An advertising fee Uh, Because if it was not for us, you would not know that Amazon exists. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click through this past week include To Hell on a Fast Horse, the untold story of Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett.
1: I kind of want to look into that just on the name alone. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Uh somebody purchased a Lacrosse vintage retro Lacrosse stick sun t-shirt. Okay. Uh somebody also purchased a
1: Seagate
0: Barracuda 2 terabyte internal hard drive. Ooh. Barracuda, that's right. And there's nothing that makes me happier than uh internal or external storage space for your computer because you really got to back up those important files, Todd.
1: Right, if you, you can lose everything if it crashes.
0: That's right. Or maybe uh, your hard drive decides to, you know, just end it all.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Uh, and somebody, uh, I'm assuming the same person purchased this, uh, somebody is getting in the mood for the Christmas season uh, as they purchased Carrie Underwood's My Gift, Nora Jones' uh, I Dream of Christmas, and uh who's high pitch this is kelly clarkson's when christmas comes around ooh uh christmas music time i like christmas
1: i, I know i may it. have said
0: i don't like christmas food so much but i like christmas okay the only thing i don't the only thing i like on christmas is fish
1: oh fish math joe
0: it's right next week okay next week's the big fish math episode
1: that's right Oh, me and the fancy gentleman were talking about doing a whole fish math special where I have of to do. Of porch talk? Ma- yeah, what? Of porch talk? Yeah, but no, we're like, uh, you know, fish math goes completely t- sideways and the fish math season is ruined until there's a fish math miracle joke. <laughs> and everything's okay in the end so i'm thinking of having a a a special like that we could show every year animated it'll be great don't you worry going into business for myself
0: i was gonna say going into business for yourself with the fancy gentleman a recipe for ignorant ignoring by me
1: oh or you know a win but go ahead
0: Mm -hmm. uh so i oh todd did we have any art attacks this week
1: we did have some Art Attacks this week. Um, from Astro Zombie, he, he said that his suggestion of the Max was chosen on day six of Dan Fraga's Fragtober art stream on YouTube. And the winner will get this finished piece. So uh, hopefully someone will win it and then they could, you know, send it into Art Attack again. But uh, um, that's a really nice Max. I was never a Max guy, but uh, that's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, that's definitely an, an awesome piece. Uh, whatever those like little creeps that are around with the max, like that are all black with the crazy teeth and stuff. Those mm-hmm. are really cool designs as well.
1: Right. And Astro Zombie also had one of his own like uh, a commission that he had done. Um, he thanked, uh, I believe it is Jay Crager um this commission looks awesome in person magneto is my favorite of the x-men characters and it's a magneto hovering over like a sentinel head that's being pulled apart by his magnet powers and that's really cool um love you know magneto and that that looks really really good that's going to look good in a portfolio or on a wall with however you store art
0: uh that is really neat magneto piece you get the double on the sentinel uh more bang for your buck if you will beautiful shading on that and that is exactly when i close my eyes how i picture magneto and how everyone should picture magneto
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh that sentinel's eyes he looks sad i was just gonna say that and you beat me to it <laughs> yes uh,
1: but that's all the uh art attacks and uh joe just so you know in the pigskin pickums. Um, hair star two star harder is no longer in first place. It's Skladoo or Sklodo or whatever his name is. So maybe there's a trophy again. I don't know. <laughs> Where are you?
0: Where is the fancy gentleman? Where is Marcus?
1: Okay. I am. Okay. So there's two people tied for first, uh, somebody in third, two people, uh, tied after that. And then me. So, and then, uh, behind me is the fancy gentleman. So. Ooh, I'm
0: Todd, I'm hot on your heels. Last week I was 29th place. This week I'm 28th place.
1: Oh, working your way up. Pull position I'm, soon. I'm coming to get you. Oh, I better keep my eyes forward and not worried on my rear view.
0: There you go. I think that's some sort of CB code, right?
1: Yes, it's not hanky code. It's CB code.
0: There you go. I'm still pulling for uh, that number. that person's number two fan.
1: <laughs> okay, that's right do they have football in portugal
0: i don't know i think they have soccer but they call it football
1: football yes so i think
0: that's it for the main show outside of the tv talk which was a slender read of tv talk right
1: right just hawkeye this week
0: yep and i'll just throw this out here of course um spider-man far from home comes out this weekend i'm excited um I'm either gonna see it Saturday or monday alone i'm uh happy either way <laughs> You're
1: right no gummy candy
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna take a picture of me if I go by myself I'm taking a picture of me with my mouth full of gummy candy and I'm sending it to my wife because that's oh, the my. first day that she's going back to work after everything that's been going on here and mm-hmm. uh I'm off for Christmas. Uh, I almost got button hooked and having to work Saturday, Christmas day.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, Well, I do hope you go alone and you chipmunk all gummy candy into your cheeks, (laughs) sneaking it into the the theater.
0: No, I, I think, uh, a friend of mine, Logan, he, he talked the other day on Twitter. I forget what movie he went to go see, but he's like, yeah, I just went to the movie with like a whole chicken parm. (laughs)
1: i remember a bit from uh what is it the big bang theory that the comic shop owner they're like should we take we have one seat to the movie should we take him they're like no he always brings like snacks and like it's usually stuff like a thermos full of soup (laughs) which i always wanted to go see a movie with a thermos full of chow yeah
0: i've walked into the movie before with like a bag of wendy's you know like i stopped at the Wendy's, got like you know the baconator, large right. fry, Diet Coke. Go to the movie theater, just like walk in and like, please, nineteen year old, say something to me.
1: Right. Well, back in the, I mean, back in the day when denim jackets were cool, or wait, denim jackets were always cool and will always be cool. Um, I was a big guy, you know. I mean, not the slender Reed I am now. Right. But uh, I used to have the denim jacket. You remember the big inside pockets on denim jackets? Of course. Well, if you have a uh, big and tall <laughs> denim jacket those things are like uh sacks of the you know chris like santa Claus's sack. so i could just put like whole things like i would have like a whole six pack of soda or whatever and food and i would just smuggle everything in and i'd be like what i'm just extra padding around the middle <laughs> don't what are you gonna pad me down kiddo i don't think so so but
0: now like I said, I, I'm I'm brazen. I just walk in. Please say something to me is all I ask.
1: <laughs> right. I'm gonna try for a pizza in Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> yes. All right, Hawkeye, episode four. <laughs> uh so we pick up where we left off with um Paul F. Tompkins getting the drop on uh Clint and Kate. Uh In the home and everything else like that, and it goes a little bit better than I thought it would, right. I know right. you had speculated that Clint was going to be like, "I know who the swordsman is, but he doesn't, so obviously they're not going that route with he's tied into Clint's origin right uh Kate does a very good a uh, very poor job of explaining what her and Clint's relationship is and what they were trying to do and so forth um there's the fun little bit to add a little bit of would you say levity would you say a little bit of lightheartedness to the swords master that he says like popular phrases but he gets them wrong
1: i hate when people just gets that little thing off but yeah it is cool that it it gives them like you know a a, a bit of fun if you will
0: yes they definitely stole that from the uh lead villain from uh last action hero and mm. i'll take that to my my grave
1: <laughs> right
0: um as they're leaving, Kate's mom essentially says to Clint, it's like, hey, you're a parent, don't get my daughter killed with whatever you're up to.
1: Right, and and gives her the Iggy, gives him the Iggy by saying like, it's like, I would never let that happen, just like you would never let that happen to Natasha. Uh-huh. So I, I'm going on record right here, Joe. Yeah. Something's up with Kate's mother. You think so? Yeah, I think maybe, I think Swordsmaster's the okay guy, and I think she's the one Who's running the, the evil empire that she's framing the swordsmaster for?
0: Right. Interesting.
1: Right. I don't know if you agree or not, or if you're just playing around, but
0: you No, know, I'm just saying interesting theory.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I know we
0: learn a little bit later um when Clint calls home, his wife had been doing some investigating that Sloan enterprises, Sloan whatever. Right. Uh, which Jack is, or and I say Jack Swordsmaster, Paul F. Tompkins is the CEO of is a shell company that is funneling money to the Russians, specifically the tracksuit Russians. So when you say that Kate's mother might be up to something, do you think maybe Kate's mother is framing Jack to have him set up to be the Patsy?
1: I think so. I, I honestly do. And uh in there when hawkeye left the apartment he stole the ronin sword back off of uh uh swords yes which i think was interesting which was just so underplayed you know what i mean
0: right because we see him like kind of looking at it out of the corner of his eye the whole time mm-hmm. yeah but he was kind of very sneakily taking it away right um kate Hawkeye has his little uh, apartment thing set up. He had told his wife that he's probably not going to be home because he needs to resolve this to make sure Kate is safe. Which leads me to believe our last shot, our last frame in episode six is going to be Clint coming home for the holiday with the kids. Right. That's a bit of an easy layup. Um, While discussing the plan, uh, Kate says... Uh, We need to get more of the trick arrows. And Clint says, well, unfortunately, the trick arrows are with the LARPers. Or we have to go through the LARPers to get them because one of the LARPers is a cop. The trick arrows are at the police station. We need to do a favor for them so they can go and get the trick arrows for us. And uh, using a coin, uh, Clint proves to Kate that he could do some tricks Where he does like a little bank shot or whatever where he like hits it off the wall and it turns off the TV and then he tries to show Kate this and Kate does a pretty good job of picking that skill up, which obviously is transferable to shooting arrows.
1: Right. Well, I will say and I don't think at any point that skill will come in handy in the last two episodes.
0: Definitely not.
1: No, not, not at all. The only thing I will say about the trick arrows thing is I thought that was a cop-out on the – they're like, oh, well, why do we need – you can't make the trick – she's like, we can't make more trick arrow tips. She's like, no, that's not the problem. You can't just stick trick arrow uh, tips on everyday arrow shafts. Like, you need special made ones. I'm like, you're Hawkeye. Like, you're a secret agent. Like, you can't get more of these somewhere. I don't know. That just seems weak to me. Uh-huh. But go ahead.
0: Uh, So Kate goes to the LARPers to make the deal that we were talking about. Uh, Clint goes and meets up with uh, Kazi is his name, who's like the right-hand man of – and again, I know we call her Echo because she is Echo – um but what's her maya is what her name is right they've yet to call her echo in the tv show but it's echo right
1: right unless you're using uh what's the word i'm looking for unless you're using subtitles then i think they use echo as the is speaking
0: yeah yeah and i do use subtitles it helps me uh focus and concentrate more
1: right uh so clint essentially
0: tells um uh Kazi, it's like hey listen I understand what she's up to, but because Ronan is dead and so on and so forth, she really needs to give this up. And I'm not going to be able to get a chance to get a chance to tell her this. You are. So please do. Right. Um, Also, in conversations with um, Clint's wife, he finds out that the Rolex that was part of that auction from episode one is still missing. Uh, she sets up a trace on it, so Clint and Kate go to get it as the cop member of the larpers and maybe it's just me, Todd. I don't think the the larpers are as cute as an and adorable as they're supposed to be.
1: Do you mean you don't find them as cute as like they're meant to be or you think there's something? <laughs> Uh, Nefarious with them
0: No definitely not something nefarious Like I get that we're supposed to think that they're like Cute comic relief for the show But they're not the cute comic relief for me
1: I think they were once Twice as pushing it
0: Yeah and I, I have a feeling unfortunately Now the fact that Clint has the girl's bag That had Bomb the trick shell? arrows in it Yes oh, That he needs to return the bag We're gonna get a third shot of the LARPers
1: I 100% agree that the, and I think the LARPers will be in Kate's like wheelhouse as whatever they do with her character. You know what I yeah, mean?
0: Like when this gets spun off to be the Kate only show in Hawkeye two, Right. Uh, and they're like going to be her supporting cast.
1: Right. Like all the LARPers, like we have a cop, we have a fireman. It'll be like, they're all like, whatever she needs, she can go to them. They'll, they'll magically be somebody LARPing that can do that job. So.
0: yeah. So they go to the apartment complex where Clint has the tracer where the Rolex is. Clint is setting up a plan of how they're going to break in there, and Kate just goes. She just walks down, walks across the street, helps an old man into the building with uh, his groceries, and then starts talking to Hawkeye on the come and telling the old man what she's up to, which I think is her being crazy like a fox. Mm -hmm. So uh, this old man wants nothing to do with Kate, wants to get away from her as quickly as he can, and then wants to completely forget that she was there.
1: That I agree with. Because he she would have had a walk to his apartment. Yes. Now she can go to Echo's apartment. Uh, to where the wow. uh, watch is. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Where the watch is. Which turns out to be Echo's apartment. Uh, because when Kate goes in there. There's a bunch of silent alarms that goes out. That she shoots the goo arrows at. Right. Um, and then... Echo attacks Kate inside the apartment, but Clint is like, well, how could the Echo be attacking you there when Echo's attacking me here? When it's not Echo attacking Clint, it's Yelena Baloney from the Black Widow movie. Yep. Um, there's a big, cool fight sequence where Yelena Bologna is pretty much after everyone. She's kind of in it for herself. Um I have a feeling that Clint is going to be able to not sweet talk her, but maybe at least get her on the, on his side before the series is out. Two episodes left to go. Um, but Clint is like, we're in deep doo doo now because someone hired a black widow to take me down. So I need to get you, Kate, as far away from all of this as quickly as I can.
1: Right. And and one thing that I really do like about this, because earlier during their drunken movie fest, where she learns about the coin to to do the trick, she ends up talking. He's like, what's the best shot you ever took? And he's like, the best shot I ever took was the one I didn't take. And he ends up breaking down and saying that he was supposed to kill uh, the, Natasha and, you know, kill the black widow. And he didn't. And he ended up taking her in. And then at the end, uh, because it's, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Kate has the shot on uh baloney and she doesn't take it. And because of that, I think, you know, once again, that will make her and this black widow fast friends. Once again, uh, it's poetry. Cause it rhymes like Hawkeye and black widow. I don't know. That's the way I looked at that scene either way.
0: Oh. Uh, but all in all, I'd say this was a pretty good episode. I've been enjoying yep.
1: Hawkeye. Right. So now do we get Kingpin in this next episode or the one after? I think we get
0: maybe them moving Echo off of Hawkeye into the rumored rolling in Netflix Daredevil into the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Okay, because this is my take on this, is that the rumor is, and I have no proof of this whatsoever, I would never look into it, is that you know there was all that talk of Daredevil maybe being in the Spider-Man movie coming up. If he is, it's going to be Charlie Cox. So that comes out on uh, Thursday and the day before is uh, the Hawkeye thing. So I'm wondering if they're going to drop Fisk at like as a cameo in this and then go into Spider-Man. Let me just say this. If Daredevil's in Spider-Man, we either get Fisk this week or next week. If you know what I'm trying to say, like as synergy – uh, with the TV show and the movie and be like, oh, the Netflix thing is now official in the in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. OK, that's all. That's all I got. I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I, I believe it. I like that's it got
0: us guessing as to what's going to happen next.
1: Right. So that should be fun. We should, you know, talk about Spider-Man next week, as long as, yes. you know, you don't die from gummy candy overdose.
0: No, no, I won't. I'll probably get, like, the seven-pack of Reese's Big Cups.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> You're not going to get the the ten, the ten the, the one-pound uh, Reese's Cup and take it in with you? No. Did you see, like, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup that's, like, the size of a pie? Oh, yeah, I did. That was a limited time. It's not as good as the uh, Miller High Life, uh, what was it, Dive Bar Gingerbread House. That's right. what I want. But, yeah, I did see that pie, but it was a limited time only.
0: Yeah, and they're super expensive now, too, on the secondary market. You think $100 for a, a newspaper promotion from Liberty Mutual is a lot of money. I think the Reese's Peanut Butter Pie was going for like 650 700 at last
1: check. Right. Let's just say that the, news, the, the Daily Bugle and the, the Peanut Butter Pie are the same price at $600. Right. I'm going to go with the with the daily bugle because I'll have that for a lifetime mm. where I would only have a peanut butter pie for 10 minutes and $600. That's true. So you make a good the, point. The long-term investment, the long-term futures, daily bugle, uh, you know, uh, replicas, short-term Reese's peanut butter pies.
0: You make a good point. And no better way to end this with uh, words of wisdom from Todd. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 585, Longbox Heroes. This is Joe for Todd saying, see you all here
1: next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Woo!